That's the one joke in this where I'm like, that may be a step too far. That's like maybe a have we considered that he is the tooth fairy? I mean, it doesn't have to be that dark. <laughs> the tooth fuhrer. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There it is. I hate myself for laughing at so many Nazi puns. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to S1E1, the show where each week we pick a different sitcom, watch just the first televised episode, and forgetting anything we might know about the future run of that show, rate it and decide if it's the show we want to greenlight or cancel. This week we're going to be talking about Danger 5. Danger 5 went 13 episodes over two series on SBS 1 and then SBS 2 in Australia. Today we're talking about episode 1, I Danced for Hitler, Originally airing February 27th, 2012. So to get things started, I'm Jay Gags. With me as always, the boys, Gordo, Joe, Nick, and Ferg. What's going on, guys? Uh, hello. Kill Hitler. Ooh, crush the enemies of the Fuhrer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Wait, so... We just get it out of the way right now. This show is if... Inglorious Bastards, uh, Scooby Doo, and Monty Python had a child together. Yeah, I a get a big. This this could have also very easily fit into like the world of trauma. I yeah. got a big trauma. Yeah, it's funny you trauma. all say that. Yeah. I got Team America World Police. All right, so I definitely action. got that. Too. I got that too. Yeah, because it's got a lot of like Thunderbirds <laughs> or Go, which is I think a big thing that uh, yep. Team America was rip- riffing on. I got a lot of those like campy like B movie sci fi. It was like, made to look like old spy shows, like from the like seventies. Like it very yeah, much like has. The they are shot that yeah. way. It, the the whole the the grain of the camera, everything about it. It was intentionally done to be like a satire to that. What year era. was this? Twenty twelve. Oh, they tricked me. I what? really thought it was old. Yeah, no, yeah, it was made to look that like set what to be old. The fuck? <laughs> they tricked me good. I thought this was like a 1979 production. No, I mean by design it was made to look that way. Um no I shit. Wow, yeah. good for them. They totally fooled fooled me. Too. me. And I do want to say up front, um obviously just in the name of the show, this deals with a lot of humor but in regards to World War II, so the character of Adolf Hitler is very present in it. So just in case that's something that you're like you're not super comfortable with, we just want to give you an upfront warning about that now. But it is uh, that is very much the subject matter, just so you're aware going forward. The character of Adolf Hitler. Well, that's and how it's used. I know it's just that sentence is yeah. funny. And Joseph Goebbels. I actually, I actually have in my notes when we started this podcast. I never is it Goebbels? I'd have to write down and uh, describe a Joseph Goebbels blowjob scene. But here we are, S one E one family. Here we fucking are. So I mean, my history is not phenomenal. I'm more of a science math guy. Joe, did is... you have to rip up that fan fiction part of your notebook? Like, fuck, somebody's a did little it. mad that they beat me to it. Yeah. So, hi- so that person is also real, like. In history? Yeah, he was yes. the propaganda oh, minister yeah. for the Third Reich. He's one of like the most famous Nazis of all time. And yeah, how he's do you, like number two. How do you say his he last name? He was the name? head of the SS. Goebbels. Goebbels? Goebbels. Yeah. 
like gerbils. No, everyone laugh. No, that's a good thing. Laugh. Yeah. Fuck Hitler and fuck Gerbils. It's okay to laugh at these <laughs> fucking <laughs> Fuck Gerbils. Yeah, it was like Hitler, Himmler, and Gerbils were like the the trifecta oh, of yeah, like Heinrich was, Himmler, Joseph was, Gerbils, and Adolf were the big was, three. Was Himmler the SS? And yes. Gerbils. Okay, all right. So I got that switched <laughs> up. I said Gerbils was SS. No, Gerbils um, was propaganda minister. So he was one of me all. I didn't know it was pronounced Gerbils. I thought it was like a Goebbels type of thing. I didn't no. know if the R was. Yeah, I had it written out, and I'm, I'm glad you guys said it because I would have butchered it the entire show. So now I know it's. What like, were you going to call it, Jay? I, I'd have to read it again. Goebbels. It would be like phonetic. Yeah. So I don't, I don't have it in front of me. I'm one of those people who for sure has watched 10 billion hours of World War II documentaries and they always say Goebbels. So I just go with that because the dude died 70 years ago. So oh, like, yeah. I mean, I don't care know, if I get I'm it wrong. I'm not saying I'm right, but it, it, no, they say it on the show. They said it Goebbels. once in the beginning. Yeah. Right? I say it a few times. Uh, I'm looking up the Google pronunciation right now. Joseph Goebbels. And it says Goebbels. Goebbels? Yeah. It's pronounced G O W B L Z. I could play that again for you. Joseph Goebbels. Yeah, but do you put it in like like a German like like will it read it like a German person would pronounce it? Well, or we're is not that like speaking American? German, but I mean, it's got a picture of him. Mm. The American pronunciation. Oh, I can change. I can change it to the British pronunciation. Joseph That's probably more Goebbels. accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Play it again. Joseph Goebbels. So there's kind of an R in the British one. Yeah. Joseph Goebbels. That's what they always say in the documentaries. Because I thought it was. Yeah, Goebbels. I'm with you, Joe. Um. <clears throat> and just to start off, had anyone watched this show prior to us recording? I no, certainly had no. not. I hadn't even no. kind of heard about it. Gordo, you are the one who presented this to us. Uh, what was the motivation behind that? So, two actually, this is sort of a fan pick. Um, two of two people whom I work with are fans of our show. Uh, Thank PJ, you for listening. Yeah, PJ and Dane. Shout out to them. Thank you, guys. Uh, they, PJ came up to me and said, have you ever heard of this show? And I said, no, I haven't. And he goes, I think this show would be amazing for you guys to do. He goes, I just want to hear you guys do it. He, he goes, I think it, you guys would just have a lot of fun with it. And I was like, eh, what's the plot? And he told me the plot. And I was like, there's no way I can't pick this. It sounds too funny to not do. I still can't believe this is a modern show like that completely. I didn't even bother looking it up. Like I figured not even a modern show, but this is the this was funded by the Australian government. This is their PBS. They paid a government grant to these people to make this show like that would be our PBS paying like us to make this show. Yeah. No, so I read up on this a little bit. And I didn't write the names of the well, creators down. always had a stranger sense of humor. I think. So, so the creators of the show had made like a web series and then movie called Italian Spider-Man, which I sent you guys a link to the movie. I don't know if anyone clicked it. I watched um, the trailer, but I haven't seen the full movie yet. I had so, already seen the full movie before. So the idea of that movie was kind of making fun of other international versions of superhero movies where they don't really have the licensing and make their own renditions of these characters. And these things exist all over the world. So they made that movie. Then they were approached to do a television series based on that, but because of licensing and stuff, they couldn't make that work. So they couldn't do Italian Spider-Man as a show. So they went forward and pitched a few different ideas for other shows that they could do instead of that. Danger 5 being one of the ideas they pitched, that's the one that the network 
ultimately decided they wanted to go forward with. So this is all a byproduct of that. Before Danger 5 aired, they made a web series called The Diamond Girls, and those was kind of, uh, it was kind of like a prequel that aired on YouTube leading up into this series starting. But we are, of course, covering episode one of the actual series that aired called I Danced for Hitler. I like the idea that the Spider-Man lawyers do our deal with the Hitler estate. They don't really care. <laughs> They'll let you do whatever you want. Uh, this show has so much. And one of my notes, I just wrote, quit drilling, you struck oil. This is <laughs> fucking amazing. This has so much of everything I love. And I don't want to say all of those things because they're all talking points. But also, uh, I just kept thinking, too, uh, the Poochie episode of the Simpsons. <laughs> like every yeah. two seconds, like talking down. <laughs> it's like this is fucking wild, and it's so good. Yeah, this is. Uh, I I was not expecting expecting this at all when I first. Thought no, me it. neither. And it, mainly because of your description of the show, made me think it was going to be way worse. <laughs> this is no uh, spoiler alert, too. But I love that maybe twenty five different people. Uh, do the same suicide as Hitler where they just randomly put a German Luger in their mouth and blow their heads off just over and over that again. happens the first time you're my like, favorite part of this yeah oh okay and by like the 17th one you're just sort of weirdly desensitized to it <laughs> yeah so I guess there's a lot of tropes that come throughout the series that like I guess don't get addressed at all in this so We'll talk about some of them as we get to them, because there's some yes. big ones coming up. I also um, think that someday we should do a, like, S1-E1 awards show, like, best characters, best plot, best whatever. Uh, if we were going to go in the history of this show, is this episode 65? 66. 66. We have officially hit my favorite character in a TV show of all time in this episode. I think I know who, who it's going to be, You're and probably we'll talk right. about him in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, Joe, but the dead mother from Country Comfort already won that award. <laughs> well, she gets honorable mention, you know, in the Grammys, whatever, and they show, like, artists we've lost this year. That's where she goes. That's Mama's Grammy. And for those of you who want to listen to that episode, go back, Country Comfort, one of our really early on ones, but uh, a fun a one. one. Uh, S1E1pod.com has all the links to where you can listen. Obviously, you know where to listen to us if you're hearing this right now, but it also has links to our social media, etc. Also, real quick before we get into the episode, I just want to apologize to anyone if I sound like Kaka today, because I very much have COVID, but the show must go on, so I'm doing my best to present for it for all of you guys. The show, again, a labor of love, so thank you for listening, but I do sound like doo-doo, so I'm sorry. I'd also like to say, too, trigger warning uh, if you have an issue with dogs, because I was bitten by a dog this week, After, uh, right after that, I had to watch this episode, and every two seconds I was like... I wish it was that dog instead. <laughs> I hope like the full moon comes out and you turn into a were dog. Oh, that'd be amazing. Will I be Michael J. Fox? <laughs> no, because he wasn't a dog. Oh, but I want to go like... back to high school. What kind of a dog <laughs> would you turn into, though, Joe? <laughs> he just becomes uh, a poodle. <laughs> yeah, with my breathing, probably a pug. <laughs> <laughs> so if you guys had to pick a breed of dog that you would turn into don't in start these already we got we have also, so much I didn't, that's covered. not what i want to be i'm just saying that's what i would <laughs> turn into i'd be one of the, i'd want to be one of those dogs with the whiskey barrel under his neck one of those saint bernards saint bernards yeah 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 
let's get into the episode. There's a <laughs> there's a lot to unpack. There's a lot to unpack, so we should get right into it. So the show just opens with a shot of a map with the title of the show and some music playing. I think right from that title screen, you get a good vibe for the style of show that we're about to hit. Um, again, I said it was made to look like old spy shows. I would assume, Joe, right from this point, you're probably already excited. Sold. Yeah. Yeah, this is very Roger Moore. This is the Mod Squad. This is very 60s. It's very British, too, which, I mean, there's a lot of connection between British and Australian culture as far as um, humor and TV, right? And it seems very much in the realm of, like, the 60s sort of... I mean, this is, like, weird because it's the 60s, but it's the 40s. What I kept thinking about is... This is a real quick tangent, but if you've ever seen The Dirty Dozen, which is one of the greatest World War II movies of all time, speaking like, it, it fits in this, right? But if you have the DVD or Blu-ray or whatever, there's like a documentary that goes with it about all those actors because they filmed it in like 65 in England. So it's all these dudes killing Nazis and all of a sudden they're all wearing like they're all dressed like Austin Powers being like, hey, you're just like, wait, what's happening here? And this TV show was basically the combination of the actual Dirty Dozen and the Dirty Dozen documentary. It was very weird, but that's what I kept thinking of. And then right from there, we get to this establishing shot of like the Eiffel Tower, which is Obviously, models, they do this the whole time. They use very obvious, like, display pieces, like miniature models of monuments and streets for the exterior shots. Nothing exterior is ever filmed, like, in actual real-life scale. And then we get to the inside uh, from near the Eiffel Tower, I assume, is three French girls sitting around. They're, like, smoking and drinking wine while planning their attack on when the Nazi convoy is supposed to arrive, when all of a sudden, like, the room starts shaking. And then you cut back to the Eiffel Tower, and this is where you see the blimps appear. Like, and the blimps look so funny. They're the so fake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The claw machine claw. <laughs> it's just a claw machine claw. It's so fucking good. Yeah, the the claw like just comes down from one of the. Are they? They're Gordo. You said the Zeppelins. Are they technically blimps or are they separate things? I don't want to say the wrong thing. No, the they're. Time. I mean, I think they that's are just blimps, a German though, right? word yeah, yeah. for it. Yeah, yeah. It's just a. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm going to say blimp a million times, so I apologize for the humanity. Yeah. Which also makes me think of The Rocketeer, which I need to watch soon. Great movie. Yeah, Rocketeer rules and has some great Nazi blimp scenes. I don't think I've ever seen that movie. Oh, shit. You need to watch The Rocketeer. That's a must watch. So, just FYI, there is a difference between blimps and zeppelins. Ooh, please let us know. Oh. Uh, Blimps don't have any internal structure to them. They're just basically a balloon. Um, that gets inflated, whereas a Zeppelin has a metal frame on the inside, like a, you know, I assume at one point they were made of lead, like Led Zeppelin. Uh, Is that what the Hindenburg was? No, Led Zeppelin's a joke. No, but, uh, or yeah, but the Hindenburg, I think, was a Zeppelin, though. I think it was, yeah. Because I could have remembered seeing the, yeah, yeah, that's that's what's making me think that way. Because that's when they were using hydrogen, which is why it got such a, why the fire happened because hydrogen is so flammable. Yeah. But Led Zeppelin's like a joke. They never used lead. Led Zeppelin means it wouldn't fly. He used helium. Oh, right. Now, yeah, right? yeah, that's right. That is what it's from. That also means your band sucks. I'm with you. Thank you. Take that, like- classic rock aficionados. <laughs> I, don't, I, I honestly don't listen to them enough to I just don't like Led Zeppelin. I just really like I, When the Levee Breaks. I think it's a great song. Which yeah, one? Yeah, they got a couple. When of the Levee Breaks. Ones, I mean, I love Jimmy Page's I mean, soundtrack to Death Wish 2. And there was that song uh, he did with Puff Daddy for the Godzilla movie. Oh, fuck. That's so bad. <laughs> oh, my God. I forgot, oh, God. I forgot about that. Come that, with me. First of all, that song's great. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the movie it's for. 
It's the only thing I've ever, the only time I've ever enjoyed Led Zeppelin was when Diddy took them over. <laughs> but yeah, let's to dial back. So yeah, the the claw machine, like straight off from a, like an actual toy claw machine, comes down out of the Zeppelin and picks up the Eiffel Tower and just whisks it away. And you cut back to the women like that are in the room. Maybe they're watching from the window, and like they're watching in horror. And then one just instantly just shoots herself. <laughs> it's just so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, also, then, trigger warning: this is a very suicide-heavy episode. Yes, I think That's it's the very actual trigger warning. I don't think. Yeah. I mean, like Nazism and social national socialism is a trigger warning, but like Hitler is a jokey character, dickhead. But suicide's like an actual issue. For sure, for sure. And this is the first of many Several. times that's going to happen. So, yeah, just be If you be need aware. to get help or anything like that, please do. Please go and reach out to somebody. Absolutely. Um, again, this is a very jokey show, but that's a very serious topic. So, I mean, we all have friends who've, that's been a path they've taken. And it's, just reach out. Ex- exactly. Dialing it back, it's sorry to have to transition this way, but yeah, immediately after that happened, this is when a couple of the Nazi soldiers enter the room and just shoot the other two girls that were there. And then... A dog. The dog, yeah, who's like... It's a hard cut to the dog. It's like clearly (laughs) fake. It's not... Like, I don't know what it's made of. It's not... It kind of looks... I was wondering how we were going to accurately describe <laughs> this show and it's proving to be as tough as I thought it was. It's hard. It's like an acid trip. Because you yeah. try to like, I try to create, I go into so much detail to give someone a visual, right? So they can kind of watch along with us through me talking. And here, it's very hard to accurately describe what you're seeing at times. It's like an animatronic of an old Disney ride dog. It yes, looks like a perfect. mix. It looks like a mix between animatronics and taxidermy. <laughs> yeah, with yeah, a little bit like of bad taxidermy. Yeah. yeah, a little puppeteering. It looks like it would be like a Kurt Russell kids Disney movie from the '60s, where the dog's neck would turn and <laughs> Actually, be like, "Don't feel was, bad, Billy." What was the late night show with the talking dog? Triumph. Conan? Triumph. Yes, that's it's kind definitely of what it does me. not look like. No, Triumph, Triumph is like not. a Triumph is a puppet. Puppet. And it, it doesn't. Looks good. But Triumph the insult comic dog is the dog who wrote the joke. Sammy Hagar, you can't drive fifty five because you're sixty five, which I think of like once a week <laughs> because that is a perfect joke. We've talked about this before. If you track all the things that Joe says are weekly occurrences for him, like his brain is an ongoing circus. Like to just think of the mess of things that are constantly cycling through his headspace. His brain is equal to this show. Yeah, it's a nightmare <laughs> followed by like. I love you. Have a good day at work. And then just <laughs> garbage the rest of the time. But yeah, that's so the, the cat. <laughs> so the dog um, who speaks uh, starts saying in German, crush the enemies of the Fuhrer onwards to final victory um, in, I would assume, German. Yeah. I, I didn't look that up, but it would be really funny if it was just a non-Germanic I, language or right. whatever. Yeah, it just meant to sound German. Yes, and then you get like a freeze frame on the dog as you can still hear it laughing, and that's when the title of the screen, uh, the title of the episode pops up on the screen. And yeah, at this point, I'm thinking, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. At this point, you should also be thinking, too, because I took note of this. As soon as it's like, I Dance for Hitler comes up, it immediately hits the one minute mark of this episode. <laughs> that is a lot to put into the first minute of the first episode of a TV show. Yeah. Yeah. And then from there, we get to the. Actually, like, so that's like the cold open, I guess, in a way. And then we get into the actual opening where 
it's the headquarters of the Danger Five. Again, they use these models. It looks like little toys to show you the establishing shots of each building. You see everyone kind of hanging out in the headquarters. One of them, who's Tucker, uh, an Australian, he's playing chess with one of those. Is there a name from those? Yeah, gold, there the is. gold cats. They're like perpetual the money motion. The, the gold cats at Chinese restaurants that wave at you. Yeah, it, it, there is a. There, I, I, Jesus, hold on. It's like a money cat or something. But yeah, it, it's. I think anyone would know who I'm talking. When you go to a Chinese restaurant, it's always the the gold cat figurines that have like the the fortune the arm, cat, fortune, fortune cat. cat, or lucky yeah. cat charm, and the arm moves like back and forth. But he's playing chess with one of those, who despite being an inanimate object, seemingly can talk and move pieces with like telekinesis this is the first time and this happens for the entire episode too where there's no boundary to what language anybody speaks everybody understands it which is a really interesting it took me a long time to pick up on that with one of the other characters and and i'll bring that up i want to bring up when i first realized it because it's way later but you're absolutely correct and then we see two of the others uh pierre who's french and ilsa who's russian they're sitting at like the bar and Pierre's telling Ilsa the story of how he was taught how to make the perfect Cherry Mendez, I think was the first of the drinks. It's an ongoing runner with this in him that he's always like learning the perfect version of a different hills. drink. Yeah. <clears throat> also, so we don't insult anyone. Those are actually Japanese. Those cats. That makes sense. But are they in Chinese restaurants? They are they in just, Chinese food restaurants. They just do They're it wrong Japanese. about that. Because they do it for okay. us Americans, right? They just, like, they know that we don't know better, so they're like, whatever. They're called Maneki Neko, and they're also, which translates to Lucky Cat or Fortune Cat. Oh, okay. That it's makes a sense. Japanese thing that brings good luck. It's funny, because you say, like, not to offend anyone, and you, if you didn't pronounce that right, you could have easily said something super offensive without us knowing. <laughs> it's like, you thought you said Lucky Cat, but in reality... And then we also see um, Pierre's kind of going around and checking with everyone else. And that's how we kind of learn about the other two and seeing how their drinks are. But um, when Tucker tells him that his drink is just satisfactory, he kind of does like a like Jedi a mind, mind trick. trick. Yeah. on it. Yeah. They're all dressed sort of like Star Trek characters. Here. Yeah. And the drink kind of bubbles up and he takes another sip and apparently it's better now. But we never. Does. So many things happen and are never addressed again. Yeah, they just don't address it, don't explain it. They just move. Yeah, some sort of a superpower, I guess. That doesn't get touched on at all after that. Super mixology powers. (laughs) It'd be like John Taffer's like dream man. (laughs) Butt funnel. (laughs) And then (laughs) and then um Pierre's like still going around the horn. And then we meet Jackson, who's an American. And he's he's just sitting there reading a magazine called Man's Gun. Man's Guns. Lastly, we meet Claire. She's from the UK. She doesn't want to drink because it's nine in the morning, which is very fair, I think, uh, to not want to drink at 9 a.m., but everyone else is having at it. There are sugary spot. cocktails at nine in the morning, too. That is... Hangover City. Uh, yeah, that's Hangover City. Your combination for having a tough afternoon. And then the headquarters themselves. Are there anything like, how would you... Best describe that to everybody. I don't know. Like a it's like Austin den. Powers' pad. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I was going to say it's like Dr. Evil's. It also, it's kind of, I could see like Charlie's Angels shit. hanging out there. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all in that realm. Uh, it kind of looks like uh, when in The Simpsons they go to Troy McClure's house, that's actually the giant aquarium house. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody remembers that, I don't. Did it. 
The yep, Simpsons I did do. it as always. Gordo, I know you know. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it kind of does. Like I said, it just looks very, very 60s. And do you remember how Jackson gets Claire to chill out after saying she doesn't want to drink? Uh, yes, he shoots a gun at her <laughs> that he loads a cigarette in, which blows <laughs> in her mouth. And yeah. Yeah, just a lit cigarette. <laughs> yeah, a lit cigarette. He shoots it, loads it into a gun and shoots it and it lands perfectly in her mouth. For the love of God, make this gun. I want one so badly. For the love of God, remake this show. <laughs> I think that the five of us should do it. Okay, remake you gotta it? be the blonde chick. Oh, I thought I was gonna be... Uh, no, you nah. gotta be Elsa. What, you the character I wanna instead? be, you'll know who it is. I think we're gonna Colonel. actually... Uh, I think we're gonna mention this character right, right now. now. Because yep. this is when the colonel goes <laughs> on to tell them both uh, that the Eiffel Tower... Uh, is gone missing in that there's more monuments that are being like triggered. This is uh, go ahead, describe the colonel, Joe. Am I correct? Is this the character you mean? It is exactly the character you mean. Uh, he is a human being who, for no reason, has Sam the Eagle from the Muppets head. <laughs> He's like an American bald eagle head. And Hold he on to correct his- to correct you a little bit. To give someone a visual, it's not like he doesn't look like Sam the Eagle. No, it's no, like no. he looks like a real like eagle. A bald eagle. Yeah, it's like a mascot eagle head. Like <laughs> if you bought like a deluxe eagle costume from like Spirit Halloween, like those rubber mask ones that they sell. Like there's like a pigeon one and a dog one. No, like, it has like feathers and stuff too. It has it's, feathers. Oh, but no, it's like a mascot. It's like a legit mascot. But he's got human arms, human hands. He speaks in a British accent, and then when he takes a sip of his drink, he goes. And I literally (laughs) almost had a fucking heart attack. I was telling Gerdo earlier, it's the second time ever in recording episodes taking notes where I paused it and left the room. I was laughing so hard I couldn't get back to the show because that scene fucking destroyed me. And it was so stupid. I could not stop laughing at that as well. Also, I literally stopped. I don't know if, is this guy's voice Matt Berry? No. All right, I looked up good. everybody in this show, and nobody really tracks for much. He, weird okay, he wasn't it prominent sound, yet. It sounded just like him. 2012? He, yeah, I mean, he had done he was doing some stuff. stuff but... and... I also do like that. He's telling them that, like, a world without monuments is basically a world that's not worth living in. That's, like, the whole premise of why this has to be stopped. I mean, you lose your monument, you kill yourself and go yeah. to the show. <laughs> that's when you just kill yourself? The suicide shit is so weird in this. This is also where he tells him and the girl says something. He goes, shut up, girl. <laughs> yeah. It's like the Dwight Shrewdest line of the entire episode. And even though he's an eagle, he reminds me of the character from Team America who's like, come on, Gary, now suck my cock. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he basically plays the, the same that that was, goes, role, and, right? And go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then that, um, that scene closed with him telling the Danger 5 team their mission, which is find out what the hell the Nazis want with the tower, where they're taking it, and how to get it back, and of course, as always, kill Hitler, which I believe is the ultimate mission every episode, yep. from what I understand, yeah, not to go ahead, get, but... Yeah, get what I gather from looking it up. Kill Hitler! <laughs> it's kind of sad that... I'm kind of always bummed out that Hitler killed himself, and like nobody got like a good kill Hitler. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I yeah, feel like he... Hitler robbed the world of like a good painful fuck you hitler death that's kind of a bummer unless he faked it 
There's actually the yeah. There's, actually, there's a lot of speculation. Speculation about yeah. whether or not he actually died. Like, I I don't know why. I just actually seen something about this recently. Now this is just some guy Joe Rogan had on his podcast. So take this for what it's worth. But the most extreme there. grains of salt. Yeah. Russia was actually the one who found his body, Hitler's body. Right? Turns out, like fifty years later, they did a test on the skull that they had that was supposedly Hitler bo- Hitler's body. And it was a 35-year-old female. Um, there was also a shitload of money spent by the CIA and FBI on looking for Hitler after he had died. Like, and millions like of dollars were spent in search of Hitler after everybody was told he was dead already. So there might have been some insider information. And some of these people may have actually had seen him in South America. So... Who knows, oh, really? He's, prob- he's probably dead. <laughs> he's got a Grateful but... Dead shirt on for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> he's actually really acting in this show right now. Well, if they didn't find Hitler, did they find his harmonica? <laughs> Can't play Hitler's yeah, harmonica. Not what you it was. <laughs> Hitler's harmonica. The show's not an episode if we don't get a John Lovitz reference in. And then um, <laughs> from there, we get to the next scene where the team finds themselves in a restaurant in Paris where everybody's incredibly depressed. Um, basically over the loss of the Eiffel Tower. And then they go to the bar where Pierre orders everyone their drinks, and the bartender just looks up at them and says, there is only winter, eternal winter, and then shoots himself. And, then just, <laughs> and again, I want to make it note, everybody shoots themselves the exact same way with a German Luger in their mouth. Like, <laughs> Hitler yeah. is supposed to have done it. Yeah, it's very bizarre. Very bizarre. It's, it's a weird joke to continually just keep doing, but I love it. And then, it's a um, weird show. Oh, it's I've, it isn't established by now that it's a weird show. I don't know what else to say, but yes, it's a very weird show. The thing is, I I love it. It's like super random. I don't know how, the longevity, how long this could go on before I got sick of it. That's just me. Yeah, I know agreed. it's a little early to be saying that, but like, it's kind of like reminiscent. I mean, Ferg, you brought up Team America, but even like the. Um, like Adult Swim short shows, like Robot Chicken, um, the ones that like you you can't do a half Aqua hour team. of them. Aqua Teen. Well, that no, was those their were big half mistake. They went to, they went to a half hour and ruined it. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And I think in spurts, yes, it's good. But I I totally agree with the fact that at longevity's sake, I don't think this would hold up. Yeah, well, I'll I'll let you guys know at the end. Because I, I did some, I'm, I'm sure you guys read like the wikis and stuff and, and the episode titles. Well, I think the, the thing about it is with being silly, you kind of have to have an intriguing um, story to follow to, you know, kind of get through the silly where this doesn't really have that plot. Like, obviously, it has like the kill Hitler plot, but it's never going to have like this overarching uh, story, uh, even episode to episode. So it's going to be tough to just get through all the zany shit a half hour at a time. It would be silly. I am with you. I think 15 minutes would have been maybe a little easier. No, I, I think the half hour is fine just for this one episode. I'm saying oh, over the course yeah, of a sure. series, like I think this would have worked better as a, a movie. I can't see this going on as like a long show. I don't want to say Letter Kenny because I do really love the show, but sometimes I think the best part of Letter Kenny is the first five minutes where they're doing their little intro, whether it's like a talking back and forth or like they're throwing the ball around and saying things. And sometimes I'm like, that could stand alone as its own thing. 
uh, I feel like this is the type of show where like it could be also I love this episode, but like they could also just do like a 10 minute thing every week and you'd probably be able to like digest it as bite sized chunks instead. Yeah. 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 I could totally see that. I could totally see that. I mean, I guess that they it went on for two seasons. Uh, you know, so, you know, and if I'm not uh, missed. If I, I didn't, I try not to look up too much, right? Because I don't want to ruin anything. But I think the the next season is later in history, but still after Hitler. So then a man walks into the bar named Rene, and he recognizes Pierre, and he calls him Marcel. Yeah, right? and at that point, you could see like the rest of the team looking at each other and going like, "Wait, Marcel?" Yeah, yeah. It, it's like, like I said, he he gets. <laughs> I get the sillies, but you know, he also gets called different different names that is never addressed well i think it's more of the spy stuff right like in different missions and different groups he was one person and now he's somebody else yeah no that makes complete sense that makes complete sense yeah and this is when um like pierre or marcel is telling renee to like yes our objective is to help you guys with the eiffel tower which that's when we find out that like basically every patron of the bar is part of renee's battalion and it's just all girls but as soon as he announces to them, like, hey, this is the great Pierre or Marcel, whatever his name was, they're, you know, he's here to help. And then they just flock to him immediately. Yeah, they're all resistance fighters. And yeah, so a big chunk of this show is the French resistance. Correct. And they all start fawning over Marcel. Slash Pierre. Slash Pierre. Yeah, but the only girl that doesn't get up and he spots immediately is apparently his ex-girlfriend, Celeste, or at least a, an ex-fling. And Celeste thinks he was killed. Yeah, she spent the last two years thinking he was dead. That's a tough life in the spy. It never works out for James Bond either. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't really give up your your secrets, right? Like, you have to... Like, if you die, you die. You gotta slip away. But she, uh, yeah. Yeah, and, and when Pierre and Celeste are sitting at the table together, too, they're having, like, a, they have a really quick dialogue, and it's like, I thought you were dead. I'm not. And she just slaps him in the face, says, don't ever leave me again. He goes, I burn for you. And they just start making <laughs> out. And it was like the most Gomez and Morticia scene ever. It definitely was. Mommy. And for, for those of you want to hear us talk about the Adams family, you can go back into the archives. We cover that one, uh, you know, this past Halloween time. Good TV show. Better movies. Agreed. Agreed, but that's the that's I the era we grew up in. <laughs> it's been a while. Well, if you do like the movies, that's what we mainly talk about on that episode. <laughs> that's the twenty-five minute episode about the TV show turns into a two-hour episode about how good the first two Adams Family movies are. Mostly the second one. We talked about that Adam's one. But, family values. But, but second talked, one is the winner. We talked about those movies enough in the Adams Family episode, so let's not leak too much into this one. We then um, cut to Renee, who's telling the rest of the team about like how he suspects that someone in his group, one of these girls, is an insider and is leaking information to the Nazis. And no sooner does he say that, we get an uh, immediate rush of a bunch of Nazis that storm the restaurant. There's a lot of Nazis kicking down doors in this episode. There is a lot of that. And the dog comes back with them. Yeah, well, and we find out that basically the orders are to detain all the women and kill all the men. That's why they're there. Yeah, so they start carting out. Or they they hold up all the all the danger five, and now Renee, and then they cart all the women out. 
at this. Well, point. two of the Danger Five are women, so they're yeah, the one they're part have women yeah. get sent out too. I'm sorry, the men of Danger Five, and they separate the men and the women of Danger Five. Yeah, because and the, the only girl tries to send a mental note to which he responds with, "What?" <laughs> yeah, they, so she 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 winks at him. She winks. And, yeah, I and there's a the whole wink. there's a whole caption that goes with her wink of everything that the wink meant. And then he just winks back. With, <laughs> what? <laughs> I forgot about that one. Which is exactly what I would do. And then um, once but. all the when the women are all sent off, now it's just like the few because the only men that were in the restaurant were Renee and the guys from Danger Five. So. There's just four men sitting in there and they ask the Nazis like, well, before you kill us, can we just have one last drink? And they say, no. I'm like, well, if you let us have one last drink, we'll give you the combination to the safe over here, which is filled with gold, frankincense and myrrh, a combination (laughs) that I have not heard since the birth of Jesus. I love that this is what's brought up and they're like, ooh. And I, what did they say? Was it was the frankincense good or was the myrrh good? Oh, I forget which one. I think they mentioned the myrrh because I laughed because I was. It's very rare when you take notes and you're like, "Well, I don't know how to spell that word." <laughs> like I didn't know how to spell myrrh and had a good moment where I was like, "Murray, myrrh, myrrh, whatever." I know what it means. I try to write notes that I know I'll be able to read back. <laughs> I think that's the more important part because I'm not submitting these to anybody. But um, it's funny because even then I didn't do it. We've heard that term, gold, frankincense, myrrh, since the Bible. I still don't know what frankincense and myrrh are. I've never thought to look it up in all these years, what what that's supposed to be. Frankincense is an herb, isn't it? Yeah, I thought that they're like incense. Gordo, I'd say you're the one with the religious uh, tattoos on you. What's going on here? Uh, Frankincense and myrrh. They're both a comedy duo from the 1940s who were surprised by Abbott and Costello. if frankincense and myrrh are like they're, they're like herbs, no, they're resins. Isn't that the shit that like when the priest has that like dangly ball that like shakes around? <laughs> yes. oh, hold on, hold on. I don't. Whatever your experiences were in church, are not necessarily that of the rest of us. Oh, no, that golden, that golden thing when he sing when they sing talk. We know what you're talking about, but. <laughs> Oh, good job, you killed Gordo. He's broken. (laughs) Let me get my Luger. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. I'm sorry. (laughs) I do like that when they offer this, there's the quick cutscene of them all just enjoying a drink and partying. Oh, magically, it's like a Budweiser commercial. Magically, there's a couple girls are back in the room again with them, and then it cuts immediately back to as if nobody had ever moved a step. <laughs> like when time goes forward, they somehow ended up in the exact same positions. It's like the early '90s joke of the soda commercials, where it's like four old guys on a bench, and all of a sudden they're like at a strip club or whatever. You know, it was like there's like a Nazi playing piano and he's dancing and kicking his feet, just like a completely different wild scene. I'm sorry, what commercial is that with old guys suddenly at a strip club? They go they go to Six Flags. Yeah, it's, it's for Dr. Pepper. Six Flags. What I what I also found funny about that scene though is like <laughs> when you go back to it, like this whole request for one last drink was not part of a plan to escape because they enjoyed the drink and then just go back to where they were. <laughs> like 
it was just a, a means to get one more drink in general. No, it was to set up the safe gag so when they opened it, he could be in there and shoot him. Was that right. what? To pull the Gordo yeah. card, gun to your head, you can have one last drink. What's your last drink? Are you asking me? Everybody. I'm calling it the Gordo card because you always ask us these scenarios. I'll have to get back to you. Hold on. Right, I'll does, go it have to be, does it have to be an alcoholic drink? No, no, not at all. I'm probably going to have a moxie. If I'm going to be completely uh, that's honest. That's your last fucking drink. What am I going to have? <laughs> you deserve the shot. <laughs> You're the worst. <laughs> it's like a nostalgic drink to me, like from childhood and stuff. So like I would probably have one last moxie. Give me a shot of whiskey at that point. If I'm going to if I'm going to be honest, just give me a shot of whiskey. That's quick, um, though. You don't want to try to enjoy the beverage a little longer. I want the blood of my enemy. What's yours, Joe? <laughs> I'd probably do uh, Maker's Mark and soda water. You judge his moxie, and that's, and that's like, and that's something. Drink? Is that something you you genuinely go, "Hmm, this is good." That's like my favorite <laughs> mixed drink. Yeah, yeah. I want a nice frap. It's refreshing, but boozy also. But it's not a. Sh- I, I love the. I would do a shot too, Gordo. I get that for sure. But I'm also trying to prolong this for a minute. What's your ratio? Joe's ratio. Uh, <laughs> one bubble. <laughs> it's got a thimble. It's like when you see the videos on like bar stool of girls making mimosas where they they get the eyedropper and put just like one drop of orange juice in a glass of uh, champagne. I mean, I'm usually 50-50, but I also use those giant glasses that I steal from the tavern in the square that hold like, I don't know, probably 32 ounces or whatever. I'm doing 16 ounces of whiskey. Look, if it's been a tough day at work, it's been a tough day at work. Nick, what's yours? My last drink? Oh God, I don't know. Um, I really don't know. That's I. I couldn't even tell. You. I. I don't have any drinks that I'm like. Mm, yes, I need. Like I've never been <sighs> trying to think of something. Yeah, I don't know. I'll get back to you on that. If one. it was an alcoholic know. drink, I'd probably just have like a good like New England IPA. That's like my my go to. I mean, I guess non-alcoholic. I would want just like a really good cup of coffee. Yeah, if it was non-alcoholic, then yeah, I'd want. Like a coffee, but I thought you were talking about drinks. Since no, we any kind of drink. Setting. But I mean, well, I, I started with soda alcoholic versus alcoholic. Well, I mean, does like, it have to be? Does this count? Like, I, I would love like a strawberry milkshake. Sure, yeah, that's a drink. Yeah. That's, that's what a I drink. said. Mine would be a chocolate frap. Oh, nice. Okay. And if it was going to be alcoholic, Ferg would have his coveted glass of vodka with some <laughs> mio squirt into it. <laughs> hey, at least I'd black out from my death. <laughs> yeah, the upside is you wouldn't know what happened. No, you're supposed to die, but once again, you woke up in your bathtub for some reason. <laughs> like, it wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth the trouble. I've woken up in my bathtub so many times. <laughs> <laughs> those Mio squirts. But, uh, <laughs> Frank, you did That's touch on the a... bathtub when he has those. <laughs> no. <laughs> Frank, you touched on a little bit. Yeah. The ultimately, after this all happens, they give the combination to the safe. And there's like a slow, suspenseful buildup. And you're wondering, like, what's in the safe? They open it up, and there is Pierre, and just shoots the one in the head. The, the <laughs> one of one of many, though. So, like, in theory, every time these things happen, as soon as he shoots one, you think the other guys would have been ready with immediate gunfire. But <laughs> yeah, they always just, like, stand there and wait to be killed as well. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't make sense that they wouldn't just, like, immediately go, Boop. okay, well, that was that. We lost, uh, you know, one, but. I'm drawing a blank now. How did they take out the other uh, two? They just shoot at them, they like right after. Yeah. All right. So then after that fight, there's a moment where Pierre and Renee are kind of reminiscing about the last time that they were able to pull that move off together with the whole safe thing. 
And as they're talking, boom, one of the Nazis who was on the ground shoots and effectively is about to kill Renee. He's, he's not dead yet, but he's on the ground. Pierre rushes up to him and with his final breath gives him the recipe for the perfect fruit Madrid. I feel like we need to like have a party where we try all these drinks because there's a lot. Of, I've never had any of these weird old timey cocktails. They're so sugary. All of them. I, I would so know I'll sugary. hate every one of them. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like my normal. I didn't bring it up when we were talking about what drink we'd have, but it's a gin and tonic. If I'm it's not like, drinking like a beer, yeah, the worst hangover ever is after you go and drink at like a Chinese food restaurant. Oh God, yeah, my ties. Oh, yeah. oh, absolutely. My ties and scorpion bowls and stuff yeah. like that. It's it's the fucking worst. I used I to mean, do a uh, strawberry daiquiri night. I used to go out and get like daiquiris. And, and you know the next what those day, fucking worst hangover ever. Yeah, that sounds In like my a bad mind, hangover. you're alone doing this too. <laughs> <Daiquiri>. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, who was your daiquiri? Big buddy? daiquiri. Looking in the mirror. Gordo, you deserve this. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes. I just like a messy blender on the counter. <laughs> I had a whole bunch of daiquiri buddies. <laughs> I had a whole bunch of daiquiri buddies, but yes. Oh, none of us were in daiquiri chat. That's why we didn't know. Yeah, yeah, I was never invited to daiquiri night. <laughs> yeah, no, you guys weren't in dac chat. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, those uh, those restaurants from like the Chinese. Uh, th- I'm sorry, those drinks from the Chinese restaurants, like the fog cutters and mai tais. It's not even just the alcohol, but like they're it's a combo. They're using well alcohol with garbage grade fruit juice as well. So yeah, it's not so even, it's, and then some yeah. of them like indiscriminately throw 151 in there, and yep. it's like, why? Yeah. Why is this in anything? Like, oh, and also we lit it on lamp. fire for you. Have fun yeah. with that, drunkie. It's like, yeah. well, I did not need to be a firefighter tonight, yeah. too. This is not in the cards. In the following scene, now we get to all the women who are now at like the Nazi headquarters or whatever, and they're being tortured. And like, right, there's one woman who's just laying on a table. She's like tied down, and they're branding her chest with a swastika. Like next and, time. I, and I'll say, like, it, for me, we I talked earlier, like, it's it's a little weird that Hitler is like the character, and obviously there's gonna be all this Nazi symbolism. To see like the swastika like branded on someone was very odd for me at that moment. It was a little that was a little much for me at that time, if we're being honest. <clears throat> well, I originally had in my notes that um they had the original symbol, not the actual swastika, it wasn't turned. And then I noticed all their armbands do have the actual swastika. So I'm like, oh, just the one that's in the background is, is uh, what is it, like the Buddhist symbol for peace? The original? Yeah, it's like felt the other way. I remember we one played of- with a band once from Greece, and one of the dudes had a tattoo of the Buddhist swastika. Can't take it give- back. People were giving him shit for it, and he was like, I don't get it. And I was like, this is, I'm sorry. This is How like, do you, you can't. Where have you good. been, you can't dude? Have this. <laughs> Has anybody here ever seen any of the Ilsa She-Wolf of the SS movies? I've never, heard I've never seen the full movie. Yeah, yeah there, there, There's a bunch of them, like uh, Ilsa the Wicked Warden, um, Tigress of Siberia. They're all amazing, but this scene is very much, I think, a, a, a remnant. Like, they're trying to call out to the first Ilsa She-Wolf of the SS movie, which is basically a sexy Nazi wardeness uh, tortures and kills people if they don't sexually satisfy her. And this whole scene is kind of like a bunch of scenes in that movie. Well, yeah, right behind the girl who's being like branded is the two girls from Danger Five who are they're like bound with their hands tied up over their heads and their shirts are unbuttoned. So you, they're in bras still. They're not you know completely topless. 
But they're sitting there like just hands above their heads with their shirts open. And this is when we meet Hitler for the first time. Just real quick, though, before you say that, I love that there's so much to chew up in the scenery behind this. There's one Nazi guy who's wearing a tank top, but he still has the swastika armband on, which means he had to take it off and wrap it around his bare arm somehow. Which I thought was just like such a weird, interesting touch. I want to say there were there was another one in the background as well. I think I thought I saw two in tank tops, but I don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, so Hitler walks in and he's with his assistant. What 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 do we say his name Goebbels. is? Goebbels. Goebbels. And so what was his actual position, by the way, like in real life? Uh, Minister of Propaganda. Okay. But was he essentially like his right-hand man? He was very yes. high up, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so with Hitler is Goebbels, his assistant, and he's showing him all these recently detained girls that they have. Hitler instantly takes a liking to Claire, one of the Danger 5 girls, the blonde UK girl. And you can see immediately that it bothers Elsa, like the she's kind of jealous. And I'm very proud to say this. I totally disagree with Hitler. Ilsa, I think, was the way to go. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you too. I'm glad I'm I'm also Well, not, okay. Not in the Hitler Just train. gonna say, you know why he picked her though, right? Blonde hair. Yeah. Yeah, yeah she's an Aryan woman. Yeah. Right. And unlike Hitler, I skew towards brunettes. Um, the actor playing Hitler, like, how would you say visually? Does he? he I wouldn't say he's like the most accurate portrayal of Hitler. Enough. I mean, no. Usually, it's like you give him the comedic, haircut and the mustache. I hate saying comedic Hitler, but he's like comedic take on Hitler, right? Like it's it's really easy, especially in like a British sitcoms have done this forever, right? I know this is Australia. I'm just saying in general British sitcoms, where it's like find somebody funny. Doesn't matter what their height, their weight, their build, whatever is. Push their hair over a mustache on, make them funny. That's like the Hitler trope, you know? And does Hitler wear leather jackets? Yeah, yeah. The brown leather jacket was uh, one of his one of yeah. his year. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'd also like to preface, Gordon and I both have talked about this. We have watched a lot of World War II documentaries in our life, so it's not a, a fanboy thing. This is just like a way too I don't much think it came off that way. Well, I would hope it doesn't. But... No, I hope not either. No, no. I'm just very, very interested. Uh, you know, yeah, it's peel just super back, interesting. Peel back, my father fought in World War II, so right. I've always just had a fascination with it. Uh, like, I have his battle map that they, I guess the army gave it to him as, like, a consolation prize, uh, or whatever, like, he, he, um, I don't know, like, they give it, like, as a commemoration or whatever, uh, but it's, like, the Army Corps of Engineers in there march through Europe. And it's like hanging up. It's actually really, really cool. But it's got like these like cartoon drawings where like battles were. I'll take a picture of it and send it to you guys. It's kind of for sure. I want to see it. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, it's not fanboying at all. It's just I just find that interesting. Like it's just yeah, interesting documentaries. Interesting, especially like I I don't know about Joe, but I am also a big fan of like the Nazi occult like connection that they would like. Yeah, Hitler sex. Oh, like Hellboy. It's canon. There's a great documentary that came out on Netflix this week called uh, Pearl Harbor Minute by Minute, also for World War II buffs. Ooh. That's uh, really fun. I've been watching it in bed. You know, because I have great dreams when I go to sleep. <laughs> I don't know if I would describe that as fun, but, uh, yeah. you know. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's fun getting into trouble. Um, I, I do want to mention here that, did we mention that Ilsa only speaks Russian? 
We talked about language barriers no. earlier, but I don't think we ever really mentioned that she exclusively talks in Is Russian. Is this where you realize that she only exclusively speaks in Russian? No, I always realized it was the whole oh, that the Joe other saying that they understand no, and, and no, still later on. Really? <laughs> when that clicked. <laughs> Funny. Yeah. yeah, I picked it up pretty quickly, but I do love it that everybody speaks different languages and everybody yeah. just understands it. I didn't notice. And then, um, anyways, to go back, as they're admiring Claire, they see that she's going to be perfect for the dance performance for Hitler's birthday celebration, and additionally would be nice for some one-on-one time with Hitler after the performance. He calls her very tasty. Yeah. And then next, we get to the three men from the group who are all trying to sneak into the building to save all these girls. And you can see them like hiding kind of behind of a, like a bush, and they spot one of the guards at a fence with uh, a guard dog. Another talking dog, and when Tucker throws a knife to kill the guard, the dog gets excited and starts talking, and he's yelling to see, you know, who who it was. So to silence the dog, Jackson then grabs a robot version of the dog that looks basically identical, and it has like a female voice, and asks, how do you want me programmed, like what mode? He's like, uh, activate sexy bitch mode. <laughs> <laughs> and I love this so much. <laughs> so, so they have the female dog go up to the actual the the fake dog walk up to the real dog. Again, they look identical. The the two of them look like they made two of the same. They're dog. German shepherds. Yeah. They should yeah, have just yeah. put a bow on the girl one. That would have been Pac-Man. good. Like, yeah, yeah. Mrs. Pac-Man. I'm sorry, they did not get married. Miss <laughs> Pac-Man. I'm trying to don't want to give too much class here. But uh, yeah. So the the fake dog walks up holding a cigarette and asks for a light and then the guard dog gets all excited and is looking for a lighter and as he's fidgeting gas just starts shooting out of the mouth of the robot dog killing the other um guard dog sexy bitch mode activated i thought that is this where they where he said um oh it's hitler's dog he thought the girl dog was hitler's dog yeah this is also a trope the entire episode people keep thinking humans and other animals keep thinking that Every German Shepherd is Hitler's dog. Yes. I love, love the idea of a dog smoking a cigarette. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's very Triumph, the comic insult dog. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's funny. It's funny, the, the, the dogs. I do enjoy how they all think that it's Hitler's dog. That's the thing is, every scene in this show is like 10 jokes at once, and then I have to focus on one thing. Like The main thing of that is I laughed at a dog smoking a cigarette. And I, like none of the other jokes had time to sink into my head. It's a lot of hearing them again now, and then I'm reliving them and laughing again. <laughs> like, I, like this, this show is one of those shows where like, a lot of times I'll like tell people about it, especially for the episodes. But like, you should check this show out. I think it's interesting or whatever. I was explaining it to Kelsey and was like, never mind, we're just going to watch it. Like, this is like, how do you explain this show without just being like, you know what? This is insane. And I'm sure when we rewatch it together, I'll find like five jokes I missed too. Cause you're just so, there's so much going on. And yeah, I didn't I, touch on it earlier. I can't remember other than where do you go to watch this show? It's Amazon has it with ads. I think. Yeah. I know it used to be on Netflix and they just pulled it. Uh, and I know that they also have a, audio podcast too of like like rate stereo adventures of danger five 
um, that's like newer after the season, but I don't know where you would even begin to stream it. It's not even like a BBC you, thing either. Like you can't it might even be, get it. Is it not on SBC? I'm not sure. But I will say if it's available to watch with ads on something, you can also probably buy it from Amazon or those places or iTunes. Then I, I always th- suggest if you like a show to buy it. I think that you can also watch it on IMDb TV. Too. Oh, with ads too. Yeah. yeah. I would suggest that they had a ton of ads when we watched it with another show. Yeah, I will always buy something before watching it with ads because it's just a nightmare. No, I'm full ads. I'm cheap. I pay for a lot of things. It's, it gets tough to keep adding to, to how many things I'm paying for just to watch television. Well, it's a one-time but, purchase. I mean, you buy the season oh, for $10. Good news. You can watch it on Tubi. Oh, it's on Tubi. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is Tubi? Uh, also, it is Pluto a... TV, no. Crackle. All the free ones have it. Yeah, Tubi is like a Roku or whatever channel that has everything you'd ever want to see on it, and they put in triple the amount of commercials that any regular tv station would so that you lose your mind and buy it anyway it's basically (laughs) just a weird coup to make you purchase the thing you want to see oh and also the commercials they play are usually the same commercial and they play it three times in a row and it's almost always just frank thomas talking about his (laughs) cock working better because he (laughs) takes so much fucking testosterone now and you lose your goddamn mind (laughs) I mean, how many times can you really? I mean, you could. I could listen to Frank Thomas talk about Viagra. Nope. No, you can't. You say it, but you can't. It's also always some wormy little white guy too, being like, "You look like you could still hit a huge home run." He's like, "Thanks, little boy. I'm gonna fuck your wife later." Like, okay, thanks, Frank Thomas. Can we do any other commercial? I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna say every time I've seen one of those commercials, it's usually two women who normally would have no fucking clue who Frank Thomas is. <laughs> right, yeah, You're like, like oh my god, are you Frank fans? Thomas? Like the guy who used to play baseball twenty years ago? 20 years why, ago. Why? Yeah. Yes, I am. Aren't you hey, Babe Ruth? The big Fuck hurt. off, toots! Like, oh yeah, you are Babe Ruth. <laughs> <laughs> Winding it back, uh, so Ilsa manages to set herself free, and Claire's like, "Okay, help me get out now," and. You can see, like, the animosity still that Ilsa's still jealous about the whole Hitler preferring Claire thing. <laughs> so she's like, uh, she's no, you, st- you stay here for when Hitler comes back. I'm going to go try to, you know, do some investigating. So now we get to Ilsa, like, walking around, and she's in another room now. Shirt's still open, by the way. Uh, and finds this, like, little mini bar and starts to make herself a drink. And she's she's still... Like, she's talking to herself as she's doing so because she's still so mad about Hitler wanting to be with Claire. I don't think it's a love for Hitler, though. I oh, think no. She's just mad that somebody yeah, wanted just, the she wants She it wants to like be... Anti. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just it's, a it's, fighting between two people thing. She wants to be the hotter of the two, the more sought after, I guess. And again, if I was the one in charge of torturing all of them, I would have preferred Ilsa. So, you know, don't be yeah. upset. I was thinking this is like all accidental, but this is the ideal situation for spies. Like you'd think they'd want them kidnapped and infiltrate to like be able. Oh yeah, we're bringing you into our lair. (laughs) Yeah, we've all seen a lot of spy movies. This is like one less step they actually had to do. Yeah, they're actually getting brought to Hitler. Yeah, like this is part of the plan that normally would have taken like two months to figure out. It's like, how do we get inside the lair? That's how we can do this in a thirty-minute episode instead of a two-hour movie. Well, there it is. Cut that whole middle part out. <laughs> so, um, in the room, this is she makes her drink and she starts like roaming around, and she finds the map 
it, that has all like the pins in it pointing to where all the major monuments are in the world. And next to it is a blueprint of uh, the ultimate plan, which is to assemble a giant statue of Hitler made out of the monuments from around the world. It's like a like a what was a it? Hitler a transformer. Zordan? Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah like, it's, it's, transformer. it's like a it's like what Megatron, like Megazord. not Megatron, uh, Megazord. Megazord. Yeah. Yeah, or like Voltron. Like a, yeah, like a Hitler Megazord. Yeah, it, it, like it had like you need that flute and everything. The the <laughs> Leaning Tower and the Eiffel Tower were the legs. Like the Statue of Liberty for the arm. Yeah, doing, the Statue of Liberty was like the doing like hailing. a sig hail. Yeah, and, and the then Taj is Mahal. the Sphinx, but the Sphinx they have carved in a Hitler stash. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and I think the Colosseum and some other stuff. Or yeah, the Colosseum the is there. A few others. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was the Taj Mahal was the stomach. Oh, there was a shitload of things. There was a few things. There was a few. I, don't think, there was a few. I think the Taj Mahal yeah. was in there too. Yeah. And then when she finds the blueprints, the she Taj goes Mahal. to take. <laughs> <laughs> I had to have one. That was better than. Uh, I didn't even calling him the Optimist Primal Solution. Which is the other <laughs> well, one you still got it out. <laughs> oh, it's better than this other terrible joke I got. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, of all the corny things that happen, despite having a boss who has a bird head, the one thing that made me go, oh, come on, was she goes to take pictures and she just uses a viewfinder to take the photos. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's when my brain goes, hey, come on now. It's just like a painted brown viewfinder. And she's <laughs> so great. Get on that little picture wheel in it, though. There's no picture wheel. <laughs> Although it does it come into play in later, it, and honestly, if they did made it? viewfinders that took photos, because she then, to not go too far ahead, uses that viewfinder later to show the photos. That's true. Viewfinder should be watching this and going, this is the viewfinder of the future. They should well, have been making Well, Jay, they do have viewfinders that take photos. They're called cameras. <laughs> fun, no, fun kid versions. My viewfinder <laughs> makes phone calls, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... But nobody answers. But can you not use them when it's dark? You gotta look up at the lights. I was gonna say, Gordo's looking perplexed, which means he <laughs> didn't own a viewfinder? No, I did, and I I thought that they had a backlight in them. Oh. No. I've got oh, one. There, were just little, there was no electronics in them whatsoever. They were just little plastic things. Where you oh, could okay, magnify, all right, all right. Uh, no, that makes sense. That makes film, sense. Film, basically. I could have sworn the later ones had, like, a little bit, like, a tiny, tiny. What was crazy is, like, my, my mom... Or my dad, I can't remember, like, I think it was my mom, still had, like, all her old picture wheels from when she was a kid, so the toy didn't change in years and years, so I had all these, like, super old ones that worked, too. It was, like, really, as a kid, it was really fascinating to me. Look, Joe, Joe has one. He has one. Because, of course, he does. If you want to hear the classic noise. <laughs> as a very sweet gift, Kelsey got me one one year and made picture wheels. Right, oh, you can have oh. those made? Yeah, oh. you can have them made. So she made one that was all pictures of us, and then one that was all pictures of, like, bands I like live. It was very I sweet. Was I was going to have the other four of us guess what weird thing you have in there, but it's something sweet. Yeah, it's something it. sweet. It's not like, it's not just minute by minute the building's falling or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> scene scene. I'm going to have a picture wheel sent to you of all just provocative photos of myself. You're welcome. <laughs> Boudoir photography. It's going to be Jay taking the Shawn Michaels pictures with the... With the belt. Oh, it's coming. It's for you. <laughs> the belt over his crotch. Tom kind of gave you one of those the other night. 
That that made my weekend, by the way. I meant to test, uh, message Tom, but I forgot. Little inside baseball. Um, well, there were balls, all right. So next we see a guard on the inside being pulled back and like choked by Jackson. Like it's basically the shot of like down the hallway. You see a guard just kind of standing there, and then like that typical like what and like you know flung back. And um, now all the men are finally inside of the main building, and. I would say maybe within four seconds of being in the building, they run into Ilsa. Yeah, they run like right down the hall into each other. And she's drinking a drink. And they can uh, hear um, like all the other girls off in the distance. So they start like tracking the the voices to go find all the other girls. Correct. And is that when the other two Nazis run up with the dog? Well, yes. So before they leave the area to plant a distraction ahead of time, Jackson plants, I would assume, another, unless it's the same one. Is it the same sexy bitch mode dog? Probably. I think, I think it's so. the same one, yeah. I mean, you don't need multiple sexy bitch dogs. Well, well after, apparently. after a moment, this time, yeah. you need another one, yeah. <laughs> because, yeah, he sets one down, and then two guards walk up uh, after the team has already left the room, and they get excited again, thinking, it's Hitler's dog. <laughs> he goes, oh my god, it's Hitler's dog. <laughs> And um, that one just immediately, like, self-destructs. And you get to, like, that exterior shot of, like, all the explosions, which is, again, just toys you're seeing. every. It's time just miniatures being yeah. lit on. It's like putting a firecracker inside of a Lego toy. And then, like, on that note, you get the shot of all the girls being driven away. And what kind of vehicle is that? The one that has, like, the big opening? Like, like an army truck? Oh. Yeah, it's like a people carrier, like a steak body truck. Yeah, as I was like writing my notes down, I'm like, I don't know I think it's a what this vehicle, vehicle is <laughs> to write it down properly. Transport vehicle, I think. Personnel vehicle yeah. or whatever. I don't know what they call it, but but um and the rest of them are all in motorcycles with a one motor is it one no, not motorcycle? motorcycles. They're all in a <laughs> yeah. single motorcycle. Or a single motorcycle yeah, with a single <laughs> sidecar, but they're all in it together. Yeah, four people. But um that visual killed me. Well, what got me was the the truck or whatever the people transporter when they were showing that one it was like so clearly like it's always just like the miniature models that they're going to but in that particular case it's like the pulled by a string like super obviously fake yeah <laughs> to show you that and then it cuts to them all in the back with such a drastic uh difference when you're showing it from one to the other directly like that and then a nazi they're shooting guns at each other back and forth and then a nazi walks out wearing a gas mask for no reason and then shoots a bazooka <laughs> well, no, he wore the gas mask because he just gassed everybody in the back of the truck. Oh, did I miss the gas? I was laughing yeah. so hard at this that I legitimately missed the plot point. There's a button. There's a button with a swastika on it at the front of the truck yeah. that he hits that it like omits gas. In okay, that was definitely forget, a laugh. In case you forget the they're Nazis, they put yeah. the swastika on the button. <laughs> you make the button as a swastika. <laughs> the good old Volkswagen. Imagine the production behind this, though, like. Or anything that has to do with World War II, you have to go and get a bunch of swastika shit made, and like it's in a warehouse somewhere, but a factory had to make it. It's just really weird. I'd be so uncomfortable being like the flag factory that's like, I don't want to make these. Just sewing this thing. This feels wrong. I feel like what's worse for that, though, is when you're in a show like Justified or Sons of Anarchy, and you're playing like a white supremacist character where they put the tattoos all over you because you can't wash them off in between takes. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, so like, off because you can't go to the bank. <laughs> right, yeah, the dude from Justified needs to cash his check or wants to go get Burger King or some food off the lot or whatever, and his throat says Hail Hitler, and he has to be like, fuck, I can't go today. Because that stuff is hard to put on, and it's hard to take off, too, right? And if you're going to do more takes, like, it's a nightmare. Maybe they have just, like, skin-colored makeup they throw over it. Something He's like hanging that. in his trailer. He's not going to Burger King with that. Yeah, if it's yeah. on your arms and stuff, I think you just put a jacket on. If you have like throat or head tattoos, you gotta just take. You gotta stay in the lot. <laughs> you said the stage hand, but um, yeah, you, you mentioned said, yeah, you sent like a PA or somebody for your food. You uh, my burgers now. You mentioned the bazooka. The bazooka takes out like this bridge as the trucks driving by, basically leaving the team stuck on the other side of it uh, with their. Soul motorcycle. And at first, I think Jackson wanted to try to jump it, but it was way too far. He says, we can jump it. It's like a whole bridge. Although, with this show, obviously. I, I expected them to try. Yeah, it could have easily yeah, happened. Too. It worked in Armageddon. So now they're stuck on the other side and they're talking, and Ilsa then shows them the viewfinder. And, like, uh, they're, you know, clicking through to see all the photos she took of the blueprints and whatnot. And also, this is when she tells them about like the plans for Hitler's birthday party and that they're supposed to have like a dance performance. So she's cluing them in with everything that she learned being on the inside. This is the first time it dawned on me that she's speaking in Russian to them. This and that is what they it can took you. It. <laughs> this far in was, I was like, wait a minute, she's speaking Russian. But, uh, so Jackson refuses to help the girls because now he knows the plans for the other monuments. One being the statue of Liberty. Jackson being the super American one out of the group. He tries to recruit the rest of the team to go with him because the monuments are more important than his own teammate and all these other human lives. They're not on board. The other guys are not on board. At first, Ilsa was on board, but then she has this like thought bubble over her head, which is like throwback style cartoons of like Hitler, like swooning over Claire and then what like, Claire saving the day and getting all the adulation. So now she can't not be present just in case Claire gets all the glory. So she has to side with the rest of the team and then go and rescue the girls. It basically, Celeste shoots Hitler and then is given a trophy by Il Presidente. <laughs> Claire. Celeste is the Pierre's. Oh, I'm sorry. Claire does friend. it. Yeah. yeah. It looks like, the, cartoon looked like times. the beginning of the uh, Bewitched. Yes, yes, it was like the Bewitched opening. It was like the Bewitched intro, yeah. Yeah. Good call. So now we cut to Goebbels, who's with the technical director of the party, and they're watching this rehearsal of all the girls doing their dance routine. And it's like, it's a very simple dance, and then in the back, there's just this big flaming swastika that's part of it. The best part about it is it takes, because it's 1940-whatever, it takes somebody to then walk up obviously on screen yeah. to light the swastika on fire. I love that so much. Goebbels wasn't pleased with like the quality of this performance and the technical director acknowledged that and realized, okay, and just instantly shoots himself. I think maybe the third time that's happened now. It's the third or fourth time that someone just puts the gun in their mouth. So now he yells, get me a new technical director. Yes. At which we now discover is Tucker in disguise. Now, what was their plan if he didn't shoot himself? <laughs> I guess they would have shot him. Yeah, you got to throw a lot of logic out of the window when you're yeah. dissecting a show like yeah. this. Yeah. Tucker's now introducing himself 
And he's also um, with Pierre and Elsa. Elsa's dressed up at least in the same costume as the, as the other girls. So that was more believable. Pierre is just there. They don't even try to describe what he's doing there, correct? No, no. Yeah, he's just never... there in like regular clothes. Yeah. Like just to fuck with you more, he's just there. Yeah. And also present is this giant crate that he has that he tells Goebbels is um full of costumes that would blow the Fuhrer away. And he says it in such a way that we as the listener or viewer are meant to know that there's some sort of explosives inside of this crate. Did Inglorious Bastards steal the plot of this show? Inglorious Bastards came out way before this. No, it did not. When did I don't remember when it did come out, but it was... Oh, maybe it was, bef- it was before. It was before this. It was 2009, so it predated oh, it by three yeah. years. Oh, I can't yeah. before it. Did this still the plot of Inglorious Bastards? Well, there's definitely a lot of blow up Hitler stuff. There's actually a a, a mission that failed, Operation Valkyrie, that yeah. was an explosion, like a bomb in a chateau trying to kill Hitler. So, like, people were trying to blow up Hitler all the time. Wasn't that like a movie starring Tom Hanks? Too? Not uh, Tom, Tom Hanks, Cruise. Tom Cruise. Movie with later. It would have been a way better movie with Tom Hanks. Everything's better with Tom Hanks. Agreed. There was a video of someone like throwing something at his wife recently or something like that, and he freaks out and yeah. like, swears at him, and I was not prepared for angry Tom Hanks. <laughs> yeah, Tom yeah. Hanks goes, back the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm, oh, shit. I was like, I'm not what? supposed to be watching this. Who <laughs> threw something at Rita Wilson? She seems so nice. This is people. No, man. nobody just... threw anything at her. It was paparazzi were following her, and one of them oh. bumped her, and she kind of like oh, fell off okay, the curb okay. a little bit. I saw the clip a few days ago, briefly. But the, the fucked up thing is, is paparazzi do that shit on purpose. They accidentally right. bump into people to, you know, go Get to the reaction. reaction and yeah, that's what happened, and they got it. What a bunch of goddamn parasites! They really are. And then Goebbels wants to inspect this crate, which I guess rightfully so. And see these costumes that he was just told about. Right before that could happen, he gets um, called away because he has to go look at something else. Now the team kind of has a little bit of time to discuss their plan now that he's not there anymore. And Claire's insisting that she had everything under control. And Tucker said that she was in one real Wednesday casserole of a situation. Yeah, Did. I was trying to figure out what Didn't the hell that, that meant. Yeah, I had, no- means, I had nothing yeah. for that one. And tells her about the plan to put on this amazing performance. And then when they ask for an encore, they'll deliver them an encore of bullets. I like how it's still important to them that instead of just getting right into the guns, the amazing performance has to happen first. Well, they're spies. They got to be believable. If it's just going to kill everyone after, it doesn't. What's that extra two minutes going to do? Because then we don't get one of the greatest scenes in this show's history. The television history. Well, sure. <laughs> we'll get to it. We'll get to it because one of these things may be just bowl over laughing. From here, when the assistant uh, Goebbels comes back, he again gets into the I want to see what's inside of this crate. He grabs a crowbar and as he's struggling to open it, you just kind of see all these various shots of each of the members of the team kind of holding a weapon behind them, whether it be a grenade or a knife or a gun. But in Pierre's case, it was like a, a snack. He had like a bag of chips or something behind his like jumbo crunch. So a quick little gag there. The crate finally opens and you see like a swan costume resting on the top. Side note, these swan costumes have existed in like ballet and stuff before. 
I've always found them to be completely creepy. They're a little creepy. Oh, yeah, they're definitely creepy. I never really understood, like, the elegance of the swan head. (laughs) Like, it's just like, I don't need that. It's because of the ballet Swan Lake, I think. But, that it but just uh, yeah, I get what it why, thing, but, but yeah, that I don't, I don't became a thing it. because they wrote that to be a thing. So, like, why did Swan Lake do it? Why do they need actual swan heads? Not real swan heads, but because you have to <laughs> you have weirder. to depict that they're a swan and you can't stretch a human's neck. You well, can do you it without it like you curl it over be- a bunch, it'll become a swan sticker. <laughs> Do you make a Nazi swan joke? <laughs> <laughs> Wet in Rome. You got Ferg to laugh. Moving right along. <laughs> um, so now, Goebbels is pleased because apparently Hitler is a big fan of swans. And then... Of course cut it would b- be. Yeah. You cut back to America now where Jackson and a couple of soldiers with like a tank are watching over the Statue of Liberty. And one of the Zeppelins comes in a frame and they immediately blow that one up. And uh, there's something about the way that they perceive American soldiers and Jackson's character in general that I get a big kick out of, because I do think it's a little bit of a look into how the world views us with that ultra patriotic, like America, like, oh, for let's sure, go yeah. blow them up. Like I can, I can definitely see why that's the perception. And this, this very is team America feels- world, another team America. Type of thing. Yeah. I was just going to say, this thing. scene also feels like Team America, yeah. Which did come out first, so maybe they copied that. Perhaps. maybe They might have borrowed from a few things. After America. I was wrong, I had to look up the date for that. We are the worst. <laughs> so now the next Zeppelin starts to, like, shoot, like, this thick gas, which knocks out the two soldiers that are with Jackson, but not Jackson himself, because he's smoking cigarettes. Because army, one army special army cigarette. Yeah, because menthol. they coat well, their lungs the with a protective layer. Well, yeah, so that's what the soldier <laughs> says to him. And he goes like, oh, I wish they had given me one. But he has a cigarette in his helmet as he's saying this and choking to death. Yeah, I mean, I, I like how he could have also just given him a drag. Yeah, like if that was the case, then he would have just been able to give one to everybody. I'm sure he has a full pack of them. He, it was too that, late. They already breathed the dead. The soldier had a cigarette in his helmet, and he's like, are those one of them cigarettes with the menthol? Like, you have one. Maybe it wasn't a menthol. Maybe he's not yeah, a menthol That could have been just a standard, like, a lucky strike. It could have. I picked the wrong one. It's not my lucky day. And, um, yeah, so they take off with the Statue of Liberty. So <laughs> we go th- back to the party now, and or the first time that we're actually seeing the party itself, Hitler's birthday party, that is. And on stage is a bear playing piano. This he's, he's actually playing Flight of the Valkyries. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I love how the Bear's trainer awesome. come the trainer comes out and he's like, Faster bear. Bear fast. <laughs> and the bear, you just see the animatronic bear trying to play the piano faster and you hear him go like rrr, rrr, rrr. and then the trainer kills himself. <laughs> yeah, because Hitler says like he asks if the bear is to uh adagio which i looked up which means like slow in tempo yeah so the trainer knew he's like he's not going fast enough and then hitler who apparently has a great ear for music went hmm a little off <laughs> and um he knowing that hitler, he didn't so approve he yeah the, the trainer then shoots himself as well i'm kind of sad the bear didn't do the same thing <laughs> 
Like that yeah, would have been God. like over Come the top on. scene. I would have I would have had to shut the show off because it would have died laughing. Yeah, that bear, bear gave me a big so. um like a big Muppets vibe. I didn't, I couldn't. Oh, come on, Joe. Why do you want to see me shoot myself? <laughs> I don't recall this scene at Clark's Trading Post, but maybe next summer. Not cool, man. <laughs> Which bear is that in the Muppets with his name? His name is escaping me now. It's it's I mean, that's I can't remember me. it, yeah. Ah, shit. Go back if you want to listen to our Muppets episode, by the way, too. Come on, Fozzie. You're just funny. <laughs> The, uh, by the way, name. the Muppet episode maybe our somehow, despite everything we're talking about now, maybe our filthiest episode. If oh, you want to go sure, back, yeah. Uh Bobo. Bobo. Yes. 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 God, so, how did I how did we not get Bobo. that one? I don't know. I just completely blanked at the time. Yeah, just like the great Aerosmith album, Honkin' Honkin' on, on Bobo, Bobo. Oh. with Hitler's harmonica. <laughs> I'm not playing that party. <laughs> Shut up, Jesse. So, oh, too many references. <laughs> a lot going on at once. Yeah. People's brains are exploding right now. <laughs> Meanwhile, at the party, Hitler is receiving his giant birthday pretzel. <laughs> I would be had on the yeah, list of things you never thought you'd say. Right. And, um, isn't, I mean, girls pretzels you- typically a Jewish delicacy? No, they're German. German. You think it's German? So I mean, it could be German German Jewish, though. But he notices. um, Gerbils notices gerbils. (laughs) (laughs) Gerbils. It's okay. Just go with it. Yeah, his assistant gerbils gerbils, uh, notices like on the napkin. It was like one of the Nazi like eagles, um, where the swastika would be typically on that logo was replaced by a smiley face. Uh, I didn't get why that happened. No, and why he was so enamored when he saw it, because it doesn't signal to anything else. Right, it wasn't like like a calling card left by the team. But why would they do that? I don't know. That's just what I thought it was. I don't know. Or you think there would be like a five in there or something, you know, like just something that was symbolic to them, not just like a smiley face in it. Like the idea, too, that they're also in the linen business. Yeah. They they go all in with their props. They, uh, they, They plan ahead. So now the girls enter the. Fonkrum, which translated from German to mean radio room. Yeah, it's a radio room. So it's, you know, it's basically their control center. And they throw knives at the two guards that are in there. So it kind of allows them to bring the other guys from the team into kind of use that now as their central command center. While such they're a high body count in this episode. A lot. And while working, Tucker doesn't understand how those crates got swapped. Up to this point, I'll be honest. When he mentioned that, I didn't notice that there was an issue. I just thought they put one costume on top of all the guns or whatever to like hide them. Yeah, I never that's how these movies usually work. So like at yeah. this point, I didn't think that like the crates got swapped and that this was like not their weapons. I just thought, oh, it worked. He didn't notice the guns under the costume. No, I figured it out because of their reaction when the swan head got pulled out. Yeah, they I went were all again. Confused. So much is happening at once that went over my head. I just thought that was the regular old crate. They got by with one. They didn't think they were going to. It also but, would have been funnier if they tried to kill them with the swan costume. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's when Celeste, who's Pierre's ex, reveals herself as the insider who's kind of given all this information. 
and pulls a gun out on the team and says that she had the crate swapped back at like the cargo bay way back at the beginning of all of this. And as Celeste tells them her plan to turn them into Hitler, Pierre is like sobbing uncontrollably. And she's like, this is your fault. You let me think you were dead for two years. And now it's time for you to pay. So like, this isn't even about her aligning herself with Hitler, I guess. It's more about just revenge on Pierre. Yeah, this is just like a, a, a scorn from relationship. No, it's um because she was already a spy uh, going against the resistance to begin with. This That was just a convenient help. Okay. Because when they're in the bar, they're talking about how there's already a mole. Some feeding them info. Oh, good so, pull. Claire enters the room, leaving Ilsa alone to, like, guard the door. Um, Because after they, I don't know if I made, made that clear. After they let all the guys in to work out of that room, those two girls have been acting as the guards outside. But Claire heads inside. I believe this leaves Ilsa outside the door, correct? Right, no, no, yeah, so I said that. Um, so yeah. Ilsa's alone outside, and now uh, Goebbels walks by. And before he got there, she does, like, a thing, which I didn't get. So she goes to drink from her flask, and she puts her, like, arm over the flask when she takes a sip. Did you guys catch that? Is that a thing? I didn't notice thing? that. I didn't know what it was. She, I didn't notice. You know, I can't I really, I can't give you the visual, because obviously this is an audio podcast. But she's holding her flask and she she drapes her other arm over the flask, like her forearm, and then like goes up with both when she goes to take the sip. It was very odd. I didn't know what that meant. If Is that she was trying to hide that she's drinking. When you, I, I, I didn't I notice guess, at this point, I imagine she's not trying so. to hide too much. Yeah, maybe that was the motive, but it seemed like odd to need to do that. But um, inside now, there's a standoff between Celeste and Claire. So now they're holding guns. At one another. But because she's distracted by Claire, Pierre is able to shoot his ex, but heads over to her and he's like sobbing uncontrollably still. He's very emotionally caught up with everything happening now. She, even though was plotting to have him turned into Hitler, in her final breaths, now give him the recipe to another perfect drink. This one called the Heil Hitler. But it's pretty bitter. <laughs> I forget. I was going to write down all the drinks, and I thought for sure Joe was going to have all the drink recipes written down. So I was like, oh, I don't have to worry about that. Yeah, I just, it got too much. There was, they kept saying them all, and it was just too many to keep track of. And after that, we get back to the outside where what happened when Ilsa's watching the front door? How did she get Goebbels to not come in? Joe, would you like to handle this? When Goebbels comes, all right, so Goebbels comes up. I want to see which word you use. And she tries to go in, and Ilsa does the... the uh, Blowjob finger. Yeah, the blowjob finger to him. And she, he, he says, what are you doing here? And she goes, anything you want. And then does the, the, the blowy, the blowy uh, finger to him. <laughs> I love that you're using your hands for this. I am, yeah, like the like the reader can see this. But at this um, point, this is after we that don't discussion. Have readers. Yeah. We're we getting to we're getting to like past that happening. Um I blew past that. Right. She no, comes no up from she's obviously She blew him. She yeah, she him performed up. she performed oral on him and then she's coming up after finishing. 
And he, there's no dope. fight, there's no anything. She doesn't kill him. He just turns satisfied and walks away. Yeah, he's like, okay, thanks. And he he's just like, well, that was cool. Yeah. That was a fun two minutes. Thanks, see you later. Yeah. And now yeah. we get back to the party. And on stage is another dog who's sitting there and everyone's in absolute silence. And they're just watching this dog. And then after a good solid 30 seconds, the dog just... Barks once, and the subtle uh, the uh, subtitle under it just reads Germany, <laughs> and the crowd explodes with applause. Was well, that, that a tough act to follow? Was that Hitler's dog? That maybe that was his actual. That one dog. may have finally been Hitler's dog. Yeah, it just makes me think of the cheap pops in wrestling when they say that the name of the town or yeah, the city, like, Trent in New Jersey, and uh, the assistant. Goebbels now announces the ultimate birthday surprise and points everyone to look outside the window. And this is when we see their their mission had successfully been completed and they built the ultimate monument with this giant Hitler statue. And you get a nod of approval from Hitler. So The scale is so funny for this statue too, where it just looks like it's four feet tall. But when you think like to scale, Think of how big the Statue of Liberty is. Yeah, if it's just an arm. It's just the arm, yeah. Like, right, but I'm saying like the way they show it doesn't look oh, like yeah, it's yeah. massive. It looks like they're showing them one that is four feet tall. Like It looks like they're showing him the model of what they're hoping to later on achieve. You know yeah. what I mean? Like the Spinal Tap Stonehenge? Yes, this is very much a Spinal Tap Stonehenge scenario. I just think it's funny that he didn't know it was there because it's that big and right outside <laughs> yeah, the window. Yeah, like, yeah, you should hear like that. You'd hear, like, the cranes dropping pieces and stuff like that. <laughs> there would have been a shadow on the building all day. What is that noise? Um, yeah, was that the first person to do the German accent? I feel like we're no, I was not. editing. I was not. I definitely was not. No, I think you were. We'll check the tapes back. Hey, when you guys edit, can you take us all out so he's wrong? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Either way, Jay, this is how it's going to go. So, um... <laughs> Inside of the Statue of Liberty is where Jackson is. So he traveled via being carried over uh, and rode the Statue of Liberty all the way over to Germany. Oh, I didn't even catch that. Yeah, because he's inside. <laughs> like He's, he's doing in- basically, there's a bunch of this episode at the end that becomes Ghostbusters 2, where they're just like controlling the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> there's a point later where it, it was like hilarious to me, but... um. You know, the good Ghostbuster sequel, Jay. I wouldn't call it the good one either. Hey. Oh, it was better, better than, than the one Jay's 2016 It was one. definitely better. Well, Jay's wasn't a sequel. It was a terrible remake. I guess that's he true. wrote and started. Boom, Jay. <laughs> Boom. Listen, you're, half, you're half right. You wrote and started. I certainly, certainly starred in the movie, but I, would not, I did not write the movie. For those of you who want to watch Ghostbusters 2016, some say the best Ghostbusters movie. They stripped Jay's. Uh, you want to look for Jay? He was ac- Jay was actually Melissa McCarthy. I <laughs> looked like her at that point in my life. I was uh, a little bigger than I even am now, with a really awkward hair length. I was <laughs> growing my hair out, and it wasn't quite you... long yet. <laughs> when you grow your hair out, it doesn't just get long one day. It takes time. So there's just a point where your hair is at a weird point. That's where I was. I didn't plan on being in a movie in the middle of that. Did you also have long hair at the time you pooped in a stranger's house? <laughs> like, just greasy long hair and just like a tank tie. I don't know. 
Everyone's you, a stranger until you meet them. I'll <laughs> tell you this. He had his long hair when he broke his ankle at Epcot and had to ride around on the motorized scooter. <laughs> you know, life's not always so easy for this guy. They just get a soldier the on. <laughs> They're expensive. We waited, in, we waited at the Magic Kingdom and Jay comes up and he goes, ding, ding, scooter. Oh, boy, that was... How did you hurt crazy. your ankle that time? My ankle is forever injured. Yeah, but you so didn't. It was, it was funny that he slipped oh, in pee pee. I didn't was. slip in pee. They just cleaned the bathroom at Disney. <laughs> <laughs> so let me hold on. Let me backtrack a little bit for people. We'll get into a little tangent, but it's already a long episode. So we you will forever have slipped in pee in my story. All right. Well, I'll give the real version real quick. So we headed down to Orlando and we're doing a day at Disney. And. On this trip, my ankle is already really bad. I was having, I have a lot of issues with my ankle. And at that point, it was really flared up. I was having a very hard time walking around the entire trip. It was just starting to get maybe a little bit better, like that I could get through the day. And I go to the bathroom. And as I'm leaving, the bathroom is slick, like freshly mopped. It feels like they mopped it with oil. They didn't. That was pee it was definitely okay. pee on the ground. Well, someone peed near the door, apparently, and not near the bathroom, like the, the stalls. In any event, I slipped, and my ankle twisted again, re-aggravating it. And um, we then had a walk. I think it was about seven miles we walked through Epcot. And I did that without, like, in excruciating pain. We finally get to the animal, uh, not animal kingdom, magic kingdom, and I'm seized up. I can't walk anymore. It's just like I've I've already I've taken every step I could possibly take and then some. So I have to get one of these old old people carts to get around. Yeah, long story short, we had to wait a little while. I got one. They are very expensive. And then you have this demoralizing just having to roll around in a cart all day at Disney. And like I'm a big guy, so now everyone just thinks I'm a big lazy guy who doesn't want to <laughs> walk around the park. You you've so, done a lot of embarrassing things in your lifetime. They don't usually affect you. This is the most like sad I've ever seen you look in something. I hate pride was hurt so bad. <laughs> the worst thing around on the scooter. Like it was the wait. first time I've ever been to Disney, by the way. So like my <laughs> Disney <laughs> trip. <laughs> Uh, I just remember you coming up, and I just remember Ferg bawling, laughing. <laughs> like, like as soon as Jake <laughs> comes up, Ferg just loses it, and that vividly sticks out in my head. That you did you mention did, it? That can't be cheap, right? No, they're not cheap. No, no, there's something like. They are $70, but you get 20 back, so you're ultimately paying $50 or something like that. That's still too expensive for that shit. For something that you don't get to keep, yes. Just for the privilege of getting to ride around an electric cart. Yeah, it's a lot of money. I don't know, though. 50 bucks versus walking around anymore. I think it's a deal. Well, I had no choice, but it's just money you don't plan on spending at the time. Or I didn't because I thought I'd be able to walk. Moving forward, unless there's anything else depressing about my life you want to bring up. Um, <laughs> we'll we, get to the poop, poop in someone's house story. Oh, I got, I got plenty point. of embarrassing. Jay yeah, don't let us think on that one. <laughs> yeah, we have yeah, episodes to go think. here, guys. We get plenty of plenty of uh, seasons to go. <laughs> Mo yeah, moving forward again, 
Uh, so now we're back to the party where it's time to have supper before the final performance. But Hiller gets up because he wants to fetch Claire and get straight to the post-performance boom-boom that he wanted all along. So he just gets up and leaves so he can nut. And that really upsets Goebbels. Goebbels is very he's upset very by sad, it because yeah. he's very proud of this party that he's curated. Like everything's been very carefully planned to give him this grand birthday. Because Hitler did say that it was like the best birthday party he's had. There was um, never a time for the suicide thing. Goebbels should have shot himself there. That was like an appropriate one because yeah, he put so much work in and considering got what everyone else yeah. did. But usually every other time it's because of disapproval. Like he's yeah, not Hitler. receiving disapproval. It's just that he's not getting the satisfactory of knowing that he did a job well done. I suppose. Didn't get to see the big dance number that he worked so hard yeah. on setting up. Well, I like that. So they get Claire because now it's time to go meet Hitler in his back room. And like she enters the room and he's like laying under a table. And like yeah. with this really excited face. Like it was like you'd think he'd be like laying in a bed or on the couch, but he's like under a table. Do you it's not almost, get what almost, this is? No. Is this a cucka thing? This is a cucka. This is a very sexual thing. Or pee. Mokshiza. Oh. That's why it's a glass coffee table. Got it. It's so you can do the thing. You can watch it happen, but it doesn't get on you. Got it. Got it. Oh, okay. Gordo should have picked up on that. Yeah, I'm surprised Gordo didn't I, pick up on that. I thought that he was in like a Curico case. And that was like, I don't know what? why. Like a Curico case. I don't know what that is. I don't it's like either. a case. It's like a like a knickknack case. Uncle knickknack? <laughs> no, well, like in any a, event, yeah. Like, so like that's... a knickknack <laughs> case. It's just like a thin, thin railed case. Okay, sure, makes sense. Yeah, Moving but no, forward, this is a yeah. very common fetish is under the glass yeah. coffee table. And it's a, it I was did a not quick, know that. It was a quick cutaway, and then we get back to the party where uh, Goebbels is sadly announcing the final act because he keeps looking over and Hitler's chair is empty, so he's not there to see this final performance. So everyone's sitting there, and it's time to see the final dance number. And you see Elsa standing, like, tall, and she's holding, like, two white sheets out. Like, so she is the swan. There's a swan head peeking over from her and her arms extended out like wings. Then she drops her arms, and all the girls pop out from the sides and then under her is Jackson, who's like, oh, not Jackson, uh, Tucker, I'm sorry. Tucker's the one holding her up on his shoulders, and they all have guns. And they just decimate the room and just slaughter everybody. Yeah, this is great. They just mow people down. And yeah, it was pretty, uh, it's graphic, but it's not because they're not it's like you see people get shot, but it's never it's too like goofy gory graphic. On this. Yeah, but still graphic. It is weird. Yeah, everybody who so gets shot in this show, they get shot and then they like themselves jump out of screen. Like, yeah, it's so comical. Yeah, it's never like gruesome in that way, so, which is good. I guess if you're going to put this much murder in an episode of television and then we cut back to Claire, who's with Hitler and they're like, she's like fighting him off and he offers her like gold, fine chocolate. And children's teeth. That's the <laughs> darkest part of this whole episode. Should have offered yeah. some Omaha steaks. Hitler's not Should've. good enough for Omaha steaks. I, I don't know if that placement, Nick, is gonna get the opportunity. That is not for gonna this. get us a sponsorship. But yeah, um, that's um, all being offered to you know for her to spare his life. Apparently, 
And yes, the children's teeth a little a little far. Little that that's the one joke in this where I'm like, that may be a step too far. That's like maybe a have we considered that he is the tooth fairy? I mean, it doesn't have to be that dark. <laughs> the tooth furor. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There it is. I hate myself for laughing at so many Nazi puns. <laughs> I did not see all of these puns coming. This is the episode that's going to get us in trouble. <laughs> but yeah, during the fight, Jackson is walking by and he can hear noise from outside the door. So he then kicks the door down because he thinks he's about to help Claire out, but it distracts her just long enough for Hitler to run out of the room. He has this kind of like funny little run when he gets out, but it ruins her plan. And then we go back to the main party room where more soldiers must have, like, entered. So everyone's in a big fight, which is weird because everyone has guns, but everyone's, like, fist fighting. It's an Old West. It's like a cowboy movie barroom saloon fight, which is pretty great. The, like, Goebbels walks in, and the whole, like, Danger 5 team all pull guns out on him. But before they can do anything, Hitler pulls out a gun, killing him first. And then they all go to turn their guns to Hitler now, but then he runs away and jumps out of the window. <laughs> and like the cutaway, it was like, it's like the whole shot of the jumping out the window is like def- different footage from everything else that they've used. It's very obviously like not their own. Yeah, it's very different. This seems also like almost Mel Brooksy, this scene. And I'm not sure. I think upon reading about this show, they use that same clip of Hitler jumping out of the window. Maybe yeah, every episode. Yeah, that's the, the trope. I That's like the way he not. gets away. That's like how in Troma right. they blow up the same car. Oh, they use the same scene of a car blowing up every every movie, even though yeah. it's 30 years old now and doesn't make any sense. So now the team's kind of all fighting each other now because they let Hitler get away. And then it kind of cuts to them inside of the Statue of Liberty to like what we believe to be like the command center of the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> and they use it as a rocket to escape the area. But in the process, again... <laughs> destroys other monuments. Yeah, they use the Statue of Liberty as a rocket because apparently it has all these things equipped in them, <laughs> equipped in it, so it has these um, abilities. But yeah, it, it destroys every other monument that was under it by doing so. Again, that's very Team America. Them it's very where everything we, when they come to save. Yeah, but it's weird because like this is more of an international group. Like everyone's represented for the most, except there's no one from Africa on the team. They got like Europe represented and Australia and America, but there's no, um, like no Africa. No, no, you have Asia technically through a Russian. So yeah, so it's just Africa's left out. South America. I was going to say, who's the South American? Yeah. Well, they covered half, half of it. (laughs) Well, eventually that's where just all the Nazis end up, so. And, um, yeah, so they're now flying off. And as they fly away, Tucker tells them that, you know, the world doesn't need monuments to, you know, keep people from wanting to kill themselves because there's something else that does a much better job of that. Something that starts with the letter L. And then as they're talking, it pans to the side, revealing Renee, the man who is friends of Pierre, who got murdered way earlier in the episode. and. He's doing an advertisement for Muchacho Breath Mints. Just a, what and the it fuck? has like a 
there's like a voiceover doing the um the ad read while he's standing there like modeling the breath mints. Very weird. <laughs> and it was the last part of the episode, except for the credits rolling, which was the, the credits rolled over clips of them all back at headquarters where they're celebrating. There's even a, a mission accomplished. Where you see the colonel. <laughs> yeah, the, the colonel's back. There's a mission accomplished banner, and they're all celebrating. But did you notice Hitler's at the party? Yes. Yes. That's what I would say. So that is literally, I have a lot of notes here, but my final note written is, why is Hitler at the party? Maybe he's a double agent, and that's why it was mission accomplished and not mission failure. I feel like making Hitler this just show was party. a challenge to people like us. Like, make heads or tails of this and try to talk about it for two hours. We talked about it for two hours. I don't think we made heads or tails of it. You know what I mean? It was no. a very... <laughs> It's a very interesting show. I watched it twice. I watched it once through, and then I watched it again to take notes. And I think I needed to see it a second time to get a better vibe for what the show really was. But yeah, that that concludes the episode. For those of you who were able to follow along with us, it was there was a lot going on, I understand. So um, I would recommend seeking this show out, giving it an, uh, a shot, and watching the first episode. There's a lot to unpack. It's a very unique style show. Versus anything else we've covered. Um, again, it's made to be like those old throwback spy shows. And they did a wonderful job of recreating that look and feel to the point where some of the people here did not even know that it was a more modern day show. Yeah, that I'm being surprised. Said, I'm surprised that it actually got Nick and Ferg. Like, I mean, it, it was, was shot really, really well, well. I mean, they did yeah, a they did good a really job. Good job I, I have watched so many of those things that. Seeing that, I just didn't even question it because it, yeah. they that's how well they recreated the look. Oh, they did a very good job. And is um, there anything you guys want to say about this show before we move forward? Though I just think it's great. And I think this is so weird. And I love watching stuff. Sometimes it's this weird that it, when it works, you know what I mean? Sometimes weird doesn't work. This is weird that works to me. So I guess the only thing left to do is the green lighter cancel. Gordo, I'm starting with you. This is a green light because it's just so weird. It's so eclectic. It's so funny. It's so off the wall. I want to see what they do next. I understand what you guys were saying. Maybe the 30 minute is a little bit too long for something like this to be so in your face. But I am still very, very curious to see what episode two and beyond brings. So because of that and because of the Colonel and because of the bear and the dog, I'm giving it a green light. Joe, uh, the Colonel <laughs> green light. Nick. I liked this. I thought it was really funny. Um, it wasn't what I expected at all. I was really, surprised uh about when it was made like we just discussed they did a really really good job of making it look uh older which i imagine is tougher to do than it sounds it was like gordo said it was off the wall it was crazy um i did really enjoy this episode i am gonna cancel it though because like ferg had mentioned earlier and i couldn't really put my finger on it um, what it was, this, I don't think it's sustainable funny. Like I, and I, and I was like, I don't know if you guys, I was like tired after I watched this, like so much happened and 
I didn't really comprehend most of it. I don't think you're meant to comprehend most of it. It's supposed to just be, you know, quick one after the other goofy thing. And they did it really well. I'm not trying to shit on this show at all. I think they did a really good job at exactly what they were trying to do. But when, you know, when I'm trying to judge a show, it goes by how much I want to see the next episode. And I don't think I could handle more of this. Like, and, and that's just me. Like, you know, I, I don't blame anybody for greenlighting this one. I can see why you would. But if I'm being totally honest, that's why I'm canceling. I think it's good as a one-off thing. I, I, I just don't need more of it, though. So cancel for me. Berg. Although I agree with a lot Nick said, because, you know, it was one of my points, um, I'm still going to green light it. I, this show just, it paid homage to so many things I love. I mean, I could compare it to Team America. I compared it to Mel Brooks stuff, Monty Python, everything. It was just rapid fire joke after joke after joke to the point that I'm going to have to watch it again to catch jokes I missed because I was laughing at previous jokes. Um, show was hilarious. Um, everything about it was good. I, I am worried about the longevity, like we said, but, and I do think it would make just a better, like, just movie, but I'm willing to give it the chance to find out. So, green light for me. So, I have been super conflicted ever since I watched this episode a day or two ago. Upon watching it a second time, I'll be honest, actually, the first time I watched it was a definite cancel for me. I didn't even think it was that funny the first time I watched it. Because I just don't, I don't know what it was I thought I was getting into. Watching it again today, I went into it kind of knowing more the vibe. Because I was trying to get my head around it after the first time I watched it. And then when I drew, like I said earlier, the comparisons to trauma and stuff like that, then I kind of like loosened up a little bit. I'm like, okay, you know what? That's what this is supposed to be. It's supposed to be weird. It's supposed to have all this stuff to it. And that's like the charm of what it is. So when I watched it back, I enjoyed it a lot more and I've had a lot of fun talking to you guys about it. I'm still, as I'm talking, deciding how I want to vote. I'm going to be completely honest with you. Because here's the thing. I did enjoy it the second time around. Where I am most conflicted now is exactly what Ferg and Nick were talking about. This, to me, is a movie or maybe a, a series of movies, but like as an actual ongoing weekly episodic thing seems like it could run its course in a 30 minute format i would i would guess for me ultimately i'm i guess i'm gonna green light it and that's because like ferg i'm curious enough to see episode two i do think that it's very easy for this to be like okay we've seen enough after x amount of time but when you look at the run of the show it only went 13 episodes in over two seasons, or series, as they call them there. So it wasn't really designed to have a long run, or at least if it was, it didn't have it. But there was enough there for me to want to watch another episode at least. I don't know if I'd want to binge and watch 13 episodes. I don't know if I'd have the energy for it. But, um, but I'm going to green light it based on a desire to at least see a little bit more. That being said, four out of five green lights. Congratulations, Danger 5. You do get the green light from us. You do live on to see another episode. But that's it. That's all the time we have for this week. I want to remind you guys again, S1E1Pod.com has all the links where you can listen to us, everywhere we can subscribe on social media, give us follows. Usually S1E1Pod on most platforms like Instagram and Twitter. 
Uh, love when you guys interact with us. Please keep doing that. Give us suggestions, like Gordo said at the top of the episode. This episode here is very much suggested by people who listen, so we do listen to things like that and take that stuff to heart and discuss it. So, if there's something that you want to hear us do or suggestions, let us know. Also, um, this show is going to be very hard for us to uh, share because not a lot of people have heard of it. So, if you like what you hear here and you listen, please share this with your friends. Yes, because there's not a lot of places we can post about this. This is a very niche show with topics that are message boards I don't want to be in. No. So, <laughs> so that being said... <laughs> Uh, again, congratulations to Danger 5. You get the green light from us. But that's all the time we have for this week. Thanks, guys. Tune in again next week where there will be another episode from us. Thanks, guys. Good night. Are you going the best talking dog? <laughs> Is that Hitler's dog? <laughs> come on, come on, come on. Hitler's harmonica. A big horny bird. <laughs>